this is the One Scott One Knot podcast. I'm Lucy and I'm the Scot. And I'm Karen and I, I'm not, I'm not Scottish at all. <laughs> Join us while we have a wee blether together about all things Scotland from ghosty castles to myths and magic and fairies and folklore. So buckle your seatbelts and significantly lower your expectations because Lucy and I are taking you to Scotland. And on a quick side note, this podcast is not recommended for children under the age of 13 for inappropriate language and content. All right, let me see that sweatshirt, fancy pants. This is one of our swag. Oh, super cozy. God, that looks amazing. You haven't worn that yet. I guess it's been so hot there. But it's well. It's been summer, so it's super hot. Oh, it's so cozy. What size is that? Uh, do I have to say my size? Oh, okay, sorry. Never mind. No, nope. no, no, you I don't. Think it's a, it's like a small, or large, maybe. It's a small, extra small. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so big on your teeny figure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Awesome. I'm wearing my Finfokaheem today. Oh, and I, I love the and color I, of that I, one. I do too. That's turquoise. And I'm wearing a very fancy necklace that pairs so nicely with You're my, so color coordinated. my crappy t-shirt. No, actually, <laughs> this is the cut on this is so amazing. Look at it. I love the cut on those ones. The loose fit. Boob, boob shot there. Yeah, it's super loose fit. But I love it. I love how it hangs off the shoulders. Kind of easy, like 80s style. I love it. <laughs> I really do. It's so cozy. I feel like I'm in my pajamas. So Aww. it's like my favorite kind of clothes. Well, we kind of could be in our pajamas and we really could be. Nobody would really know. I know. I was in my pajamas driving my son to school this morning and I had to park on my street because we have three drivers in our house. So we have all these cars and I not not one, not two, but three people like no bra, full on pajamas, like nightgown three of my neighbors were out and saw me walk back to my house of course I have to like put my hands across like oh I always walk with my arms crossed like this that's super normal to walk around like that like so embarrassing I sometimes go up to the local shop in my pajamas oh see now I feel better nobody knows really because my pajamas are like jogging bottoms and stuff so I could just be wearing jogging bottoms but it is my pajamas I, I think it's fine. And I have clothes that look like pajamas. They're real clothes. So I fair. I just keep them guessing. But really, I think, I think if the, if the last like 18 months has taught us anything, it's um, comfy clothes are a good thing. Yeah. But I've kind of I've always done. I've always done that. And in fact, when I was in college, so Urban Outfitters, which is still around and still super popular, that was like my favorite place to shop. But back then in the 90s, it was cheap. Like now it's expensive when you go in there. But when I shopped there in the 90s, it was super cheap. And I used to buy like pajama loungewear for my clothes. I would wear them as clothes, like (laughs) purposely, like drawstring jammy bottoms, because I was like, no one would know. And I really don't think that they did. So, yeah. Anyways, who cares? It's enough about me. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> I always pay. I'm just not into fashion. I'm just only you, into um, comfort. I saw on Instagram that you've been buying more books, even oh. though you said you weren't going to buy any more books. So let's quickly, briefly talk about our new latest book recommendations before we jump into this week's Um, topic 
Don't look so guilty, Kat. <laughs> What's well, like a loaded question? I think I've had like so many show up. I don't even know where to be, even begin. Oh I'm my only, god! All right, are you hiding them? It's from your really bad. I just decided to pay myself in books, but I forgot I had ordered this one. It's amazing. Uh, they're all amazing. Who am I kidding? But this one, I really did for. I really did forget. This is what happened. And this is all because of the podcast. Because I go. This is what happens to me every night. I power down my phone. So I can, I can read a book and go to bed. That's what I do every night. This is exactly what happened since we started this podcast. So I pick up my Briggs book or I pick up whatever thing that I'm researching. And then in the book, she'll, someone will mention a source. And then I'm like, oh my God, I need, I need, I look, cause I'm like, I love collecting the original sources. I'll be like, do I have that one yet? And then I have to power back on my phone so I can go to Amazon. So I can go see if I can get a hold of that book. This is how it all starts. And then I'll grab it if I can find it. And then it's like the, the Amazon suggested things come up. And then before I know it, there's like three books that are in my shopping cart. And it's like on and on and on. Is that Does that happen to you? Is what's going on yeah. in your world too? Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I've got a couple sitting in my shopping cart at the moment, but I'm trying not to buy any new ones just now. I really need to say, like, I think I'm, I'm done. I updated our website. One's got one, not at the, there's a book picks tab and I, know, I put, I updated the whole thing and all the art books, all the Oracle decks, tarot cards and research books. So this is the only one I'll show you because it's right next to me and we don't, we don't have all day. Unfortunately, after you showed me a picture of that one last night, I immediately went on a search <gasps> for it online. Could you, could you find it? well yeah well sort of it this is, is super yeah. used I don't think you can get it new anymore it's yeah. it's beautiful and I don't know why it wouldn't still be available I can't remember why I bought the used it must have just been too expensive or out of print let me see so, I couldn't find any new ones I think they were all used yeah this is pretty this is the worst shape used book I bought recently but yeah, I don't say care. the name of it to keep yes. everyone out of their misery it's called witches with a new introduction by the author so it was originally published in 1981 and then it was re-released, I think, in 99. Just double check. It's an art book, right? Rather than a no, you know what? It's both. Sorry, 97. It? No, it's like super comprehensive really? and it's also littered with some of the most amazing watercolor artwork I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. Like truly it has everything. And the the reason I get it, got it is because the reviews were like, you know, this book is absolutely outstanding. It was yeah. not like there was not one person who was like, oh, I don't think it's good. It was like, holy shit, so good. So it is the art between the art. Look at this picture. And there's like Sorry poetry to in who are it. just listening. Go and have a look at us on YouTube. You'll be able to see. Oh, ooh, it's a woman with a fire in her belly. Fire fetus. I don't know what the mm. hell. I haven't read it yet, but the artwork is nuts. And the I'm sorry, I didn't even say it's it by? <laughs> by? I didn't even say. I'm so sorry. Erica um it's J-O-N-J J-O-N-G. Is that young? Maybe where's she from? I'm sure it's probably not Jong. That would be that just makes me sound stupid. Um, where is she from? I don't know. I actually haven't I haven't even had a minute to go through it. I haven't read one word. I just gasped when I opened it um, because it was so stunning. And then I haven't looked at it since it was just yesterday that it came. But you can go to her website, 
ericayoung.com. I'm sure there's more, but it's stunning. It's a stunning book. And I'm done. I really am done. I can't. Are you? obscene. Karen says, I'm done till like three days later when she posts another photo of another book. I know. Mm Mm-hmm. I told you about my steampunk book, didn't I? Um, no, that's another I book. So. Oh yeah. I got a book on steampunk. Cause I keep having requests to draw steampunk things. And I'm like, God, it's, I don't, I don't think I have a good grasp of even what, I mean, I know what it is conceptually, but I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I got this book, um, which I don't have it right next to me, but the way it was described in one sentence or less, which I appreciate, which was it's the science fiction of the Victorian age. And once Uh, I I heard those words, I was like, Oh yeah, I see that. Like I didn't make the connection between the, like the clothes styles. So it's almost like that. What if people in the Victorian age had in the future, Star Trek style yes. science fiction. Yes. It's what they would have imagined yes. that their technology would have been, which is a bit more like our modern technology, but yes. them wearing Victorian yep. clothes. Isn't that so yeah. cool? I love a bit of steampunk. I think it's such a cool, such a cool look. Oh, it's super cool. But I couldn't like, I, I appreciated that very succinct descriptor because mm-hmm. it made it all click for me. I was like, oh yes, 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 yes. I like see that. And how genius is, is, is that descriptor, you know, and it got you, sorry, no, go ahead. Have you watched the nevers yet? It's a super cool show. It has, it stars, um, the woman who's the main character is the woman who also plays Jenny in Outlander, Laura. Oh yeah. I think I have now that you say that because we just saw her. And it blew my mind, especially the last episode. I'm not going to give anyone any spoilers, but it got to the last episode and I started watching the last episode and I was like, what the hell have I stumbled upon here? Am I even on the same show? Oh. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I, and I, remember that. I think that what they released possibly because of filming restrictions due to COVID or mm-hmm. maybe even um, post-production restrictions wasn't the whole of the first season. I think it's only the first half of the first season but it's set in Victorian times mm. and it's about these people who have special powers. So each of them have a different special power and it's not like they all have the same special powers. So somebody can read people's minds and somebody else can turn things into ice and all of these kinds yes. of things and they're like shunned by society society knows about them yes and they're I, shunned by society and they and they all live in this big we told we did place. watch this we totally did yes it's so it's good so and i would good. say it's quite it's a little bit steampunky yes in a way there's steampunky elements to it because it's got all the cool victorian clothing but then there's all this like experiments and machinery and all of that kind of thing involved. It's quite yeah. a steampunky thing. Anyway, yes. if you haven't watched the Nevers, 
I totally recommend yeah, it. Yeah, it's short, right? It's only like three or four episodes that are long. Yeah, I think that's what only, I'm thinking of. I think they only released six episodes. Yeah, I think it's actually only the first half of the season. But then that final six, maybe or eight episode, I was just like completely yes. confused for the first half. Is this the one where she I'm was thinking. she was getting trained to control her? To control the like fire was it like the was that the girl I, I can't remember if it's this show or if I'm getting it confused with another one she had the fire she had like a fire ability and she was but she like didn't know how to control it at all so she was like almost taken in but to to be taught but then the other people had superpowers too is that the same thing it could well be I do have a bit of a goldfish brain when it comes to remembering <laughs> minute details about I TV know. shows that I just watched a few months ago I have to I'm gonna so I'm gonna text it Sean could be, but it might not be I don't know Somebody I'm gonna ask that question I, I want to know now but it's like driving me nuts because I because we just watched something where and I was like oh that's Jenny from Outlander and I know the whole thing with abilities but the I watch on my phone I'm seeing the thing and I'm like it's not triggering it but yet it is I'm gonna ask Sean he's downstairs working but I'm gonna just text him like did we watch this because I need to know but we watch all that sci-fi fantasy I love stuff yummy stuff I always say like if there's costumes and accents and it's in a different time like I'm in I don't care what else my I don't care that's my whole that's my favorite thing to read and that's my favorite thing to watch so I know I'm in it's that easy oh my god have you watched the Norseman no oh no my god you have is that one good is that good is that your recommendation fucking hilarious it's hilarious yes it's costumes titles and accents nope and it's actually i'm it's shocking so it's it's filmed in in norway and the whole cast and crew they film every single episode twice they do it once in england they do it once in norwegian and they do it once in english it is the funniest thing you've ever seen in your whole life. It is so hilarious. You have to watch it. And they're quick okay. little 20 minute episodes. It's I'm the on it. funniest thing you've ever seen. It's so rare to have comedy that also has accents, costumes, and is set in another time. It's like that. And then all, if you layer on top of that, like ridiculous humor, you will absolutely love it. The third season is like, a, they like, it it gets there's an, an annoying character in my humble opinion but the first season is absolutely you're gonna die it is so okay. i might have to put that on tonight then. you have to put it on it's actually the best thing too if you ever listen to like a freaky podcast or like a scare if you're like like sitting at home and you're like feeling uncomfortable about something or whatever you have a bad dream put on an episode you will absolutely die it is so fucking funny it is so funny and it's so creative like you just look at these things and you're like, God, you know, who are these people that take a chance on these ridiculous, you know, um, just the whole vision of it is totally ridiculous. Like, let's go back. And they're making fun. The best is because it's filmed by Norwegians. They're totally making fun of their ancestry. Like uh-huh. the whole thing is making fun of their ancestry. Like it's hilarious. Like it, you know, I that's love not, it. I have seen the picture pop up on yeah. Netflix or whatever. Yep. And that is not what I expected it to be. And that's what I thought it was like a serious drama. I'm, but I somehow thought it was in Norwegian and subtitled, which I have to make a commitment to watch something like that because I can't be painting at the same time because I can't look at the screen to read the lines so I tend to 
pick those when I have time to actually sit and watch it. So I will give that a go. Have you ever watched Ghosts? Um, I don't think so. That is another one. You need to check that out. They just released the third season on BBC iPlayer. So I don't know if it's available on streaming services yet, Mm -hmm. but it is so good it is one of the best shows i think i've ever watched oh really it's yeah it's a comedy again and the episodes are super short half an hour and i think there's only maybe six or eight shows in each season and it is done by the same people that made horrible histories which is a kids show Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of that and it is about this this couple with a woman finds out that she is the sole heir to this massive huge mansion mm-hmm. that belonged to some distant relative of hers that had no other heirs and she didn't know she existed and she gets left this house in her will mm-hmm. and it's it down. big and ramshackle and falling down and when they arrive at the house they there's all these ghosts that they can't see and they're so funny they're like there's like a headless guy there's a guy who there's a guy who died um in the act or like with his pants down so he's only got a shirt and no trousers (laughs) and uh, there's there's um there's a woman from like this 1700s or 1600s and there's all these different ghosts there's even a whole heap of plague victims in the cellar. Oh my like, god! She goes. She goes into the cellar and she's like, they're trying to fix the heating, uh-huh. and they're surrounded by all these people going, "No, twist, twist the cable to the left, oh twist it to my the left." And at that point, they can't hear them. But then the woman. This isn't a spoiler because it happens in the yeah. first episode. Yeah, the woman has a fall she falls out of the window mm-hmm. or something like that by mistake and hits her head and and becomes unconscious for a split second like mm-hmm. dies for a split second before <laughs> the hospital sorts her yeah and as soon as that happens to her she can see the ghosts oh, but her nice. partner can't so she's like in this house surrounded by all these people having right. conversations with them all yeah and her partner can't see them and then it's just all the different things that ensue in right, each episode. But that. it's got the perfect um, British BBC combination yeah. of comedy, yep. but also like loads of feeling and emotion in a way that mm-hmm. you really feel for the right people in the situation. Right, right, you know, right, it's like, right, right. Kind of makes you think as well. Like there's one yep. episode where it goes into the backstory of one of the ghosts and you just feel so sorry for this ghost <laughs> and how he died. <laughs> That's awesome. Well Norseman, you don't feel anything but laughter because it's hilarious. And there's no other double layers other than just straight up comedy. But don't you think we need more comedy? Like yeah we do. Oh my God, we need some more comedy. Well I'm definitely gonna check ghosts out. I put it on my hand so that I wouldn't forget. Although I write things on my, I'll write things on my hand every day and I never look at it anyways, but that's like, if I need. What I would do there is I'd write it on my hands and then three hours later, I would look at it and think, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Oh, that (laughs) happens. That that happens also for sure. Yep. But no, (laughs) I wrote it down. I do need, 
I really do need to. Not that I watch any, I like have a hard time sitting down and watch TV. Sean has to be watching it and then I'll be like, I'll go watch it. But I, if like he's not home or he's not watching it, I don't watch TV. Just like, although I did go into, I did watch um, YouTube on our big TV last night for, for the podcast research. And he was like, what are you doing watching TV? Like you never watch TV. And I was like, I'm doing my podcast research. research. I was, I was research. like, this is not watching TV. This is like active learning time. So <laughs> like, so what are we discussing this week? So we are discussing the Yurisk. Mm-hmm. I've risk, never heard of them. Depending on how cool your accent is, which mine is not. Yeah, this is um, what I thought was not much to talk about. It's like sometimes, you know, there's these entries of like, oh, this supernatural creature. And actually, Catherine Briggs sums it up in like two sentences. I think she's, <laughs> I think she's underwhelmed by the Yurisk because she's like, <laughs> she ends her, her little tiny paragraph just saying that. Um, in John Gregerson Campbell's book, Superstitions of the Highlands and Islands of Scotland, he does, he goes into this quite a bit and that's all she uh-huh. says. And she just like, was like, yeah, just oh. go see that book. And I was like, well, thanks so much. Cause I totally have it in my fairy library stash. <laughs> so thanks, Catherine. I will. That's a good reason to go and buy more books. I if, know. If you've got referred to a book and you don't have it, you're going to have to just go buy it. This one is excellent. And I hadn't actually, um, I hadn't actually dove into this one to do research yet. So it was awesome. It was, it was great because it gave me a reason to kind of like mm-hmm. um, dive through. And because this was published, I believe in the oh, 1900, um, it's, and it's, um, 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 sorry, I'm looking at the typecast is like very old timey. Um, and it's not, it's uh, the, the, um, the contents are super clear, but for some reason, I don't know why I'm not, I'm, I don't tend to just grab it and read it in the way in some of the other ones, but actually I am going to now because it forced me to do a little deep dive in here. I'm like, this is an excellent resource. I know I've seen it. I've seen it cited a million times. So I was, it was awesome to have a reason to specifically look up something. And then I was like, holy crap, this is, this is awesome. Um, so this is, and actually, I do want to cite my sources first because um, a couple of people did an amazing job um, digging up things that there isn't a lot on. So I just want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to YouTuber Leith Wolf. He, his, oh, I've been watching his videos. Right? They're so good. He's such a good storyteller. Um, I was, I don't know, I was, I'd list, I watched his Eurisk episode a, a few times. It's 15 minutes and he takes a story that actually not much happens. Actually, the punchline is like, oh, but he tells it in like this amazing, like suspenseful, awesome, entertaining way, you know, like I'm like mm-hmm. riveted at that at the edge of my seat. And then actually nothing really, <laughs> nothing actually really <laughs> happens. And I was like, damn, he, he that's a storyteller. Like when you can take a story yeah. where nothing Did happens you say to me that you thought he was Irish. No, he's Scottish. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I had in my Irish. head. No. I, why did I have that in my head? No. I had in my head that you'd said, oh, his lovely Irish accent. And I was watching one last um, night. Are you going to embarrass me? If <laughs> <laughs> you listen to this, he has a lovely Scottish accent. I was, yeah, I was watching last night and I was thinking, that's not an Irish accent. That's a Scottish no, accent. That's Karen. what makes him so legit. Except he's done, yeah. he's done awesome. He's done a ton of Scottish folklore 
um, episodes. And I feel like we're tag teaming some of our content because I'm like, wait, we just did that. Wait, we just did that. Like he just did that. We, you know what I mean? But we've discussed yeah. before this only like a finite amount of <laughs> Scottish folklore, yeah. but is there, but now he's trending away from those stories and he's actually doing a bunch of other stuff, which actually makes me sad because I think what he brings to the Scottish folklore is is amazing. He's such a good storyteller. And so I got some of this. Sto- oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, was okay. it an Etsy transaction? Yeah, it was an Etsy sale. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. And you know what? You know, my kids hear that sound. You know what they say? <clears throat> they say, Can ah, that's a $5 mom. No, they say, ah, the sound of mom's greed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that just bought you a book for college. Don't make fun of me. Um, And when they talk about my business, they put it in air quotes. They're like, ooh, mom's business. And they give me air quotes to make fun of me. I'm like, just my business is helping pay for your college. Watch your mouth. Okay. I know. I Um, quite often get that when when certain people say, oh, are you busy? working right yeah i'm busy working <laughs> i'm working my literal I ass off i have no ass i don't get in my car drive to an office doesn't yes. mean i'm not working oh my god i'm like flat out 24 7 just because i love it and it's fun doesn't yes. mean it's so work seriously <laughs> seriously i have deadlines just like i actually have a business conference that starts in 59 minutes that i need to go attend I'm okay like a virtual Cutest. summit so why am i on my phone what was i looking up on my phone oh I know the oh god my computer just flashed don't crash so the other um the other um person I wanted to credit um other than John Gregerson Campbell is and and sexy Scottish voice man I never said sexy okay I might have said sexy (laughs) (laughs) fine fine um he is um I don't know what her name is but she her podcast is encounters with the good people she is also an amazing yeah she's an amazing storyteller oh, I love and her podcast I do it too is so good it's so good and they those are two people that like really <laughs> just make me feel super dumb for thinking that I can do a podcast because they're they're just so edited and beautiful and every time she has someone like like when she has people read like uh Sir Walter Scott you like she'll have like and quoted by Sir Walter Scott and then she has all these like voice actors on hand with the appropriate accent like at the ready so she has a guy who reads everything in Scottish with a Scottish accent she yeah. has like actors that have Irish like women actor friends apparently who have Irish accents so everything's like all authentic because she herself is Australian I'm like but we oh, could do that you've got oh, Max he's an accent king <laughs> that's true could you not get him to like like do a whole bunch of different accents right now max do a scottish accent That's now true. max do a irish accent he's too expensive so i have to pay him so much money i had to pay him mm. 15 bucks just to give me that 15 second sound bite yeah a little pricey a little little asshole that he is so <laughs> so her episode on the urisk is super good um and she does the same thing where some of these urisk stories are frankly are like a little again underwhelming and she just drags them out 
in the most, and I mean that actually with huge dose of affection in the mm-hmm. best possible way where again, like nothing really happens, but because she changes. No one up, wants a two sentence story that says, I know. here's a uterus. It killed people. The end or whatever the story is. Do but they? I, they want to know all the juicy, gory details. So I know. And I feel like I need to up my game because I'm like queen of the two second story and I just go right um, to the point. So I queen of the two second story says co-host to quite often an hour and a half long episode I don't think so I think we're queens of juicing it out you think so okay well maybe with our banter maybe probably if you weren't here I would just be like sad and lonely half human half goats the end (laughs) we we take a two minute story and flesh out to an hour and a half we've got a superpower (laughs) Yeah, but are people entertained? That's what I want to know. We do. We need to have more voice actors involved. I'll see what I. I'll see if I can strike up a deal with Max. He's really good at a Russian accent too. We'll see how we can. We can add that, add that in the mix. That's super relevant. He's a he's a villanelle of the household. With his fifty million accents. Yes, he is. <laughs> My little buddy. He started a new school this week, and he's so happy there, and I'm so happy for him. All right. And actually, this is the first time I'm recording our podcast since February. We started. Do we start in February? Yeah. This is the first time I'm recording where my kids are not home. Isn't that nuts? It's amazing, actually, is what it is. Oh, I just feel like I'm untethered. Not like they're I mean, they're old. They don't need me for anything. But just like, you know, when you're mom, you're like kids are in the house. You just feel them always and it's I feel extra free today because they're not here which is which is awesome it's a good feeling but it's a shame that it's like 10 a.m your time and you can't have a drink in hand I really wanted to have a drink a drinking episode I was dying for it but yeah it's 10 a.m and I'm just on my second cup of coffee that's about as crazy as we're gonna get today speaking of which Mm. oh it's getting cold okay so the Eurisk is, he is a, he is a half, he's a half man and, and half goat. He's not unlike the fawn, mm-hmm. the centaur of other. Is he bottom half goat? He's bottom half, half, half goat. Yes. Now, Kitty, is she the one, is that her name? Kitty? Of the, yeah. Encounters of the good people. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I love it. So she, I know I do too. I really, really love her. God, my computer flickered again. No. So she, she was like, ah, I'm not buying the half goat thing, but that seems to be very unanimously like stated in every other source that mm-hmm. I've come across. So I'm going to go ahead and just say, yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. He was a goat. Um, <clears throat> half goat. I should say he is, a. they're a little bit akin to the brownie only because they are generally considered benevolent and pretty harmless, although they can be very fearsome looking. And a lot of people are very afraid of them because they are large. Um, A lot of times they're, they're tall and they have like extra long extremities. Kitty also says that they're very thin, which I also did not come across anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, She was actually the only source. And I also, there is quite a bit in that, in that Campbell book, as well as the lore of Scotland, a guide to Scottish legends, this one by Westwood and Kingsley. This is very much, this has all first sources in it as well. Yes. Another good one. None of these and Catherine Briggs, no one, 
I couldn't find the physical descriptions that she describes on her podcast. I would love to know what her sources were because she also said that they had like a goatee. Um, A lot of times they were described as having a goatee and that's very like centaur looking as well and fawn looking as well. And that's if they had like, they have various kind of dour, sad faces and large round, like soulful eyes. And Again, I didn't, I couldn't find that anywhere. So I'm dying to know. I wonder if I could reach out to her if she would talk to me. I bet she would, fellow podcaster. Yeah. I really, I really genuinely want to know because that's fascinating. And I couldn't get such that, that high level of detailed description from anywhere else. I'm like, but I want to know her sources. So they do have this sort of like gaunt, they use from a distance, they appear very large and gray sometimes black, but they are supposed to be overall pretty good natured. Um, Although again, because of their size and because they hang out solo where they're only spotted generally in like very, very isolated and remote places. So I definitely get like a Sasquatch vibe. If you're in the wilderness Mm. alone, you know, taking a trek from point A to point B and you look off into the distance. (laughs) They also tend to linger around the water areas, the waterfalls, you know, kind of isolated locks. And if you're looking and you see half giant, half goat, you run like hell. That's fucking terrifying. (laughs) And I terrifying. And I think that's why people were running from them. I mean, who wouldn't run from that, right? So um, that being said, it does sound very Sasquatchy. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, I mean, there there are a lot of a lot of creatures in North America that have different names, but are the North American equivalent of the Celtic creatures. So it is mm-hmm. it is possible that there are a bit. There's a bit of crossover between Sasquatch and Urisk. I mean, large, hairy, isolated woods. I mean, I, I, I know definitely sounds, <clears throat> does not sound dissimilar to me. Um, they were kind of seen l- sort of like looking, you know, attentively out at people who were passing by. So they were known to um, often if like a traveler was going in the wrong direction, they were known to kind of lead them back into the right direction. They kind of like looked out for travelers. Um, They didn't normally mess with people. They didn't really have a dangerous reputation. Um, So they They sometimes like a hermit is what they sound like. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it's weird because they, so they, they did on occasion actually help people out and guide them back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love this. It says, but occasionally they did beat people. (laughs) (laughs) When they had a bad day, when they were on the period, but most of the time not, but mostly they wouldn't. But sometimes they like, would. If I'm you like, really oh. catch him on a bad day, he's gonna <laughs> beat you up. But most of the time, he's just gonna look at you with I sad, soulful eyes. Yeah, I think it's like a. It sounded like about a ninety percent chance. Like it's pretty good that he'll I be take harmless. Take my chances with that but over some other 
horrible yeah. Scottish creature. But but maybe also run like hell. I'm just saying. So yeah, so they were pretty frightening. <clears throat> and they would often just sit like atop of rocks looking down at people as they like walk. Oh god, that like gives me that actual is super chills. I know. That is so super I know, creepy. I know. So like, any- I've got this image in my head walking yes. along a lock like side. A stalker. And just like maybe looking at the other side of the lock and seeing this this funny, slightly hairy creature sitting really pissed off looking on the top of my rock, just looking at me. Well, and he's like, and they're looming. You know what I mean? They're like looming over, like staring at you. It's super creepy. But they, um, but interestingly, they have a very like, sad somber like lonely vibe to them Mm -hmm. so they really actually craved yeah even though they're super solitary creatures they did crave a bit of uh human attention so in when it got really really cold in the winter time they would just wanted to snuggle with somebody yeah they just wanted a warm fire so they would actually come out of the mountains and out of the woods and they would go to people's farms and they would search for people that were willing to take them in in exchange for working on their farms and so this is where they're kind of brownie like because they were they were very good workers they would help out by churning butter or grinding grain or helping out in the fields with their farmers so they were like hide their goat's feet to do this or did they have them in full show i bet you they had them in full show or else how else would they know that they were urists yeah so and it was actually it was actually considered to be really lucky if you had a urist come knock on your door seeking warmth, like they were always let in. It was like a really good omen. It was like a good thing. And actually some of the well-to-do clans were like very proud to have urists amongst them and would save a seat for them at, in the wintertime. They would just save a no seat at the way. table in case one of them came down seeking warmth and comfort. They would welcome them in always it was like a good it was like a it was like a token of good luck almost isn't that so interesting it's so interesting because that as well just takes us to another level for me because it's not just a case of glimpsing something far off in the woods that could be that could be just um something else and it's mistaken right for a creature right but they actually come and knock on the door and do some work yep kind of like makes them even more real real I know I know and they're sharing their hearts and they're sharing their meals they sound like a typical introvert in that that most of the time they want to be alone but sometimes being alone is lonely so right. they'll spend a little bit of time in human company. Right. But once they've had a little bit of time in human company, they've had enough and they need to go off right. on their own again. And like recharge their batteries. Recharge their batteries. <laughs> I get it. I, I, am can, a I get it. Hurt. That's me. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. So, and there are quite a few your big, long Eurisk stories. So it's not just like these little spite, these little sightings. There's quite a few, um, you know, long interactions that last a day or a season or uh, much like the brownies. Are they did all too. over Scotland or just in a particular region? Um, they're they are really in the very remote regions of of the Highlands. 
Okay. But actually, no, that's not true. I think they're actually as far as England as well. They just, they just hang out in remote areas, but they're not just in the Highlands. I'm sorry, Lynn, actually, yeah, just as um, in solitudes and remote localities, but actually I think the demographic like spread not, is quite far. Okay. Um, well, there's quite a lot of remote areas in Scotland, yes. to be fair. Yes, there are. But but the Highlands has the most sightings of them because it's the most um, remote. But there are things like, um, and they, they list the specific locations. And there's quite a few areas in Scotland that are to this day named after Eurisks. There's like Eurisk Rock and Eurisk waterfall and Eurus. there's a there's quite a few mentions um like there's one but then it's interesting too because it says like a year is haunting um a place which is in um argyle shire and perthshire um he stayed in the summertime near the top of the hill and in the winter came down to the straths there's a waterfall near the village of clifton at tindrum where it stayed on these occasions it is still called some Gaelic word, which means the Eurisks cascade. Go on, try and see it. Oh my God. I can't even, there's like accent. It's like, there's like an accent, a go from French in there. I don't even know what I, that is. I want is. you to give it a go so I yes. can laugh at you. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I nailed did it. You know, nailed did you it. know that there, there is actually um, a website where you can type in words and it will pronounce oh, yeah. them and you can listen to yeah, them because I did that for some Gaelic yes. words a little while back when I was reading a story and I wanted to know and the Gaelic pronunciation was completely different yes. to what I expected it to I be. I know I know I don't I yeah I just kind of skip over that because I I find it disruptive when I'm listening to podcasts when people say like when they get to a word for example and they'll say like a urics haunting and then they'll say, okay, I'm going to say it now, but I know I'm going to say it wrong. And this is how I'm going to say it. But I think, you know what I mean? I'm like, just get on with the story. Just say it wrong okay. <laughs> or don't say it. But we don't need to talk about how we can't say it for 30 seconds. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, just make your bad guess or just skip it all together and just say, you're as haunting. Just say a Gaelic word. Yeah. Or just, place. just run it over all bad. Like no one will know. We don't know. Nobody knows Gaelic. It's all good. I have to say that when I was telling the story to our Celtic collective students the mm. other day about the Kelpie the story said it in Gaelic every time and I just changed it to Kelpie because exactly exactly and then it doesn't like disrupt the flow of the story I'm all about yeah. that or just or just like plow through it all wrong and like who would, we nobody would know no one would correct you um yeah so there's all there's all there's all sorts of little sightings. Um, the Ayurisk of Ben Loy, also on the confines of these uh, counties, came down in the winter from his lofty haunts to the farm of Sokak in Glen Orkey, which lies at the base of the mountain. It entered the house at night by the chimney, and it is related that on one occasion the bar from which the chimney chain was suspended and on which the Ayurisk laid its weight in descending, being taken away and not meeting its foot as usual, the poor supernatural got a bad fall. So they're Aww, like bumping about in the shame. night. Exactly. Aww. 
<laughs> and it says it the same year was fond of staying in a cliff at Morag Waterfall and its labors and keep and its its job was to keep the waters from falling too fast over the waterfall over the rocks. Isn't that so fascinating? Yeah. And they said this yurk might be seen by anyone. A stone on which it sat with its feet dangling over the fall is called the Yurik Stone to this day. It has sometimes watched the herds of the Sokak farm. So they sound so sad. I feel I know. kind of sorry for them, actually. Yeah, they just want a bit of love. Do they ever, like, they, I wonder if they, they well, died out because they were so, so alone that they didn't meet a female Yurisk to procreate them. So there, apparently there were female Yurisks, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, but I, there's no stories that I came across that featured them. Um, they were actually so good natured and like seeking human comfort. They actually got taken advantage of quite a bit as well. Oh, and oh, there was bloody humans. I know there was, there was, um, this is horrifying. Actually, there is a story. Um, and this is from this same book, John Campbell's superstitions of the highlands and islands of Scotland, where in Strathglass, which is an Inverness Shire, there was a farmer gelded it, gelded it which means castrated it in order to fully domesticate it. <gasps> and then this is all it says the weather. And then the That's farmer horrible. reported horrible. It said the, the farmer reported that the weather at the time being frosty and made a considerable outcry for some time thereafter. You think? First of all, it's like, also, could we, we, just, we just need a pause right here. <laughs> <laughs> If this is a supernatural creature, <laughs> don't go cutting off its bits. Yeah, he has a right to its bits. And if it's not a supernatural creature, that means he still was, has the right. <laughs> that means he was actually a human and you just cut off a human's bits. Either way, you're cutting out bits of something that's at least half human. <laughs> So I have so many questions about the story because I that's have so many horrifying, questions. right? I, mean, I can understand doing that to dogs and cats because there are way too many. Well, yeah, and also we, we have anesthesia, so they don't feel anything when we do it. I have a feeling. I know. I'm just saying, in 1500, they probably don't have spinal taps where they can give you anesthesia to like numb you up before they cut your balls out. So. What do they have? A little bit of whiskey, and they're like, take a leather belt, like bite yeah. on this, and bite down it. hard, yeah, bite down hard on this, like cut It'll your face, just off. twinge for a moment, and then they snip. I mean, that's like, who was this poor thing that just got castrated? Why did he do that anyway? Why would you? Well, because they want to fully domesticate it. So like, um, because you're like, that's like also like aggressive dogs, aggressive cattle, like they Um, castrate them because it takes all the hormones out and then they chill out. Well, maybe that guy should have castrated himself to chill out and then he wouldn't have felt the need to go and cut bits off another being. That year should have beat the shit out of that guy before he had a chance to do it. But that's what they were kind of known. Remember, you remember the Dobbies who were like the dumb brownies? Yeah. I feel like this is uh, reminds me of that where they're just a little bit simple and they are just like seeking some warmth and attention. And they do, they get like, they got like taken advantage of. It's um, a little bit Theon Greyjoy, isn't it? It is. There was another. And now I've got images of the guy 
eating oh, this God. sausage. Oh, mm, God. Uh, that Do was. You remember, we're talking yes. about Game of Thrones for anyone yes. that isn't in the know. Yes. Poor Theon Greyjoy oh. got his bits cut off, and then the guy who cut his bits off then. And then sat and ate a sausage in front of him. That was, was that storyline I struggled to follow because it was just horrifying. I know. Absolutely horrifying. But he did become docile afterwards. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Poor Sion. I felt so Scared. sorry. Oh, my God. It was horrifying. Yes. Oh, here's another story that's very famous. And there's, I did come across two variations of this. There's the uh, Leith Wolf in, in his YouTube rendition has one story and it's very different. Well, it has a common thread with, from this story that's told through the lore of Scotland. And I'll just read it to you. And it's actually... It's, I'll, I'll talk about why it's interesting later. Hold on. It just says. Well, they're all interesting. They are. Let's face it's, it. Yes. It says another nasty trick played on the harmless Eurisk was told by Thomas Knightley. Oh, Kitely in the fairy mythology published in 1850. A miller noticed that his mill was being operated mysteriously at nighttime when there was nothing to grind. Annoyed and worried about possible damage to his machinery, he set a man to watch and see who the intruder was. But as the watchman had made up a good fire of peats, the worm lulled him to sleep. When around middle night he woke, he saw sitting opposite him a rough, shaggy being, a.k.a. Sasquatch of Scotland. (laughs) Boldly, he asked his name and it answered, Eurisk. So they don't even have a name. They're just like human. (laughs) What's your name? Human. Sasquatch. (laughs) (laughs) But they all speak the same language. That's nice not to have a language barrier. On being Mm. asked what his own name was, he said, myself. After this exchange. Oh, they sound so sad. So mean. I know. Well, that's what the human said, myself. No. No, sorry. Yes. He said, so the human said myself. Yeah, he's like tricking him. After this exchange, the Eurus fell fast asleep by the fire and the man tipped a panful of hot ashes into his lap, setting his shaggy fur alight. Screaming, the Eurus ran to the door and several of his kind outside were heard yelling, what's the matter with you? Oh, he set me on fire, cried the Eurus. Who did? Myself, he answered, because that's what the man said his name was. Oh, that's so tricky. And then they said, then put it yourself bunch of asshole yurisks so in liam leith wolf's rendition there was the similar situation only it was a maiden in a village that the yurist kept harassing she like kept he kept coming like every single day and driving her insane and so in that story um and he tried to get her every day. He'd be like, what's your name? And she finally said, my name is myself. And then she's the one who dumps hot ashes on his laps. And the same thing happens. He runs into the forest and he's all burning. And his Eurus buddies say, what happened? And he said, you know, who did that to you? And he said, myself. So that like, and that evident, ev- apparently that's a story that um, is, is really similar in, a, in quite a few different folk tales, mm-hmm. um, both Scottish ones, but also in ancient um Greece wow. in the story of Odysseus and then there's another and then another things that go back in history related to that so it's super interesting that has sort of become and I've heard that story also 
Um, I think it was when I was doing the brownie, um, the brownie podcast episode as well. So it's, it's kind of been like twisted and tangled up with like another ancient story. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if maybe that just, you know, I don't know, obviously I don't, I don't know Jack shit, but like, I don't know somehow, I don't know if it was his nature or something like that happened similarly. And then it got caught up and twisted with that other much older tale. But I thought that was super interesting. Almost seems like it's a tale. If you were gonna super, um, analyze but sum it up make Mm -hmm. a summary of of the of the main kind of points of it it almost sounds like a tail in if you have someone that's hanging around (sighs) that's super annoying and they're a little bit depressive and they're not much fun to be around but they're like so keen on your company and they're a little bit attention seeking because they've got that slightly depressive don't know how to deal with other humans personality you know there's there are people not that I'm not trying to be nasty but there are people like that Mm -hmm. this is a good way of getting rid of them a good way of getting rid of them is to be a little bit tricky and nasty yeah because they're not only are they a little bit sad and depressive and needy but they're also gullible so let's play a trick on them by getting them to do something which is then going to make them feel ashamed and then they'll go away because they're ashamed I know and actually I think you've just hit the nail on the head because a lot of these stories that's exactly what happens like they're kind of like the loner who like nobody likes like, honestly, mm-hmm. they're like needy and like a little off or a little weird and they don't look quite right. And people are like, get away from me. There's actually it's funny that you brought that up. There's a story. Um, there's a story that there was this Eurus that used to harass. It was on the land of the the Carls. Um, and so there was this Eurus that used to just taunt this shepherd. And just taunt him like every day, like relentlessly. And they have quotes of the Eurus being like, you're a Carl, your dad's a Carl, you're all Carl's like blah, 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 blah. Like this ridiculous Carl, like ridiculous thing. And the Eurus was so annoying. It actually drove that shepherd from that farm for good that he was like, this is so fucking annoying. I'm out of here. And he left. So then they got, (laughs) they do kind of sound like, I could yeah. easily be suckered in to feeling yes. sorry for them I and know. being like, oh, they're so lonely. They just want a little bit of attention. I know. But I'll be their annoying. friend. And then they're then and then I, I invite them for dinner. And then after the third or fourth time that I've invited them for dinner, I'm like, I can see why they're lonely. They're lonely because they're fucking annoying. And I don't <laughs> really? know wants to be around. Super but by annoying. that point, they've suckered onto you and it's really hard to get rid of them. Well, some and of them, some of them genuinely are really helpful. I think the ones who come and are helpful. Just because someone's helpful doesn't mean that they're not annoying. That is true. And there are a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I sound really harsh here. No, I'm no, I'm digesting it. And as always, I have to say that on board. I have to say that I would be the kind of person that would that would say, "Oh, but there's a reason why. There must be a reason why right. they're so lonely. There must right. be a reason why they're so sad." I'm just going to show them a little bit of love and compassion, and before I know it, 
out two weeks down the line, I'm thinking, why did I get suckered into this? I know. But then I'm too nice to actually do anything about it. I know. So, so I have to finish the story because it's so, because actually so okay. funny. And I'm going to do the Karen version, not the actual Scottish version, because I just, you know, so we all understand. And I also didn't write down the, the direct quote. But so... <laughs> He, this annoying Yeresk, who's tormenting the shepherd Carl, finally drives mm-hmm. that guy out. And then there's a new guy who comes in and his name is Donald Moore. So he's the new shepherd. Mm-hmm. And they, this Yeresk starts harassing this guy now. And he's every single day and he's to do the same thing. He's like in the woods and this guy is just like jeering at him. And it is like so annoying. <laughs> and um. <laughs> So one one day, Donald was. It was like in the middle of the night, there was like a storm came in and he's been shepherding all day and all night. And Donald is exhausted and he's wet. (laughs) He's wet and he's frozen and he's hiking through the woods and he's like so done. And the Eurus calls out. Donald Moore, I don't like you. And that is a direct quote from, from the story. <laughs> risk, I'm, I'm changing my mind on them. I really I don't feel sorry for them anymore. They're really annoying. Basically, Donald is so done with this guy. He's so done. He basically says, he doesn't say these words, but this is what he means. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's so done. He's like, shut the fuck up. Like, screams it into the night, into his Scottish <laughs> Gaelic. And weirdly, and this is one of those stories where actually. So he'd little- say, Hodge your weesh, your ball bag. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. And then miraculously, he never heard from that Yurisk again. Boom. Oh, he was like, Mike, that's Jock, how you do it. You're you done. Tell them that they're annoying. Yes, and then just... they go and annoy somebody else instead. Yes, and then that's where the next story comes from. No. So that's basically what happened. So, yeah. So there's maybe, a few stories. Maybe, like that. Karen, there's maybe there's actually only one Eurus. Whoa. Whoa. Here's the, here's the theory. There's only one Eurus. And that Eurus sits in his lonely place in the middle of nowhere, finds someone to annoy because he doesn't want to be lonely anymore. Right, right. Pisses them off so much that they tell oh, him yes. to fuck off. <laughs> and, then he, and then he just goes to the next person. I think you're so right. And he basically person hops. Yep. Pissing off everybody that he tries to be friends with. And that's where his stories are heard far and wide because he's doing all these. Oh, my God. We just solved the mystery of the Eurus. Catherine Briggs, you're welcome. And then are there any stories of the Eurus from like the 1950s? Because if there aren't, Mm. then my theory is that the Eurus pissed off so many people in Scotland that he went, oh, I've got nowhere else to piss people like nobody will be my friend in this country i'm gonna emigrate to the united states there's a lot of people over there that i can annoy and then goes over and becomes a sasquatch there you go i actually there actually is a modern store modern is there not modern as in the 2000s but there is one from i think it's dates from the 40s and yeah, and I, God, I was just, I just listened to it yesterday and I can't remember 
where I heard it from. And they were saying that children, yeah, it like came upon some children and scared them away. And they said it looked large and gray. And then they were saying, oh, it must have been a urus. But I didn't, they didn't say anything about the goat feet, the goat legs. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was the Sasquatch. <laughs> maybe maybe he just come back for his holidays to yeah. Scotland for a little bit and then went, oh, they still don't like me over here. I'm going to yes. move back to America. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, I think this one, I don't know. I don't actually, I'll have to find it again and, and re. And that was the only one that I heard that was not like old timey story. You know, old timey, old timey. That super specific historical date Let's and time. Here some old timey stories story. of Scotland. But I, I've, I've <laughs> saved the coolest part for last. Ooh, yeah. This little, I'm all ears. Uh, this is a little nugget, which I think is the most intriguing thing of all about the Urisk, which is this: the Urisks supposedly are the children of a fairy and a human union Ooh, yeah and it's and it's specifically a fairy female with a male human counterpart so the children of these fairy unions are actually called um well a Leanin she which is the actual like gaelic word for mm-hmm. which means fairy sweetheart or familiar spirit and this is fascinating too. This and this is quoted from John Gregerson Campbell's book. Um, the use of this word that Leon and she by the translators of the Bible into Gaelic is is made a great handle of by the common people to prove from Scripture that fairies actually exist. <gasps> do, do, do. Right? How cool is that? So I thought that was really, of course they do. well, they were like, no fairies need to exist. It says right there in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And then I also wow. had to read, I know. So do you think they're super sad because they're, they're, they're in between both worlds? Well, um, according to Liam, Leif Wolf, I really need his name to be Liam. So I can just say Liam and not Leif. Is Leif a normal, is that like a common name in Scotland? No, I've never heard of it before. I wonder if it's like a true name or that's like his alias. Um, He was, he, so that, that is something that I, I I read, I got from the books that wasn't like his hypothesis, but, Mm -hmm. but his hypothesis angle was that the union, because the Urisk is half human, half fae, they inherited, and I wrote this down. Oh, yes. He, they, they inherited um, like the power of the fae. Um, and actually, Urisk in another meaning also means like fortune teller or someone with sort of magical powers yeah. as well. <laughs> but then it's also also has the like confliction of humans that he inherited from his father who was like this moody broody kind of emotional beast and that comes from like the human part of their union so I I kind of love that it's like that's where like he is supernatural but also has these like flaw these character flaws that come from the human side and so I thought that was super interesting that is so interesting. I know it makes it like really deep too not just no. like emotionless but there was, I did want to read a little bit of um, 
<laughs> read a little bit from again the superstitions of the highlands and islands of scotland because it goes he goes a little bit into like the actual relationship between the fairy female and and the human male oh, and let's like hear the juicy details what happens and it actually has a little hilarious ending as well which also refers to a, a palace which i was like here we go again the fairies <laughs> with their like big palatial compounds that they're all from it makes me it makes me a little a little jealous um okay it's a little bit long i'm just let me just i might just cut it cut it to the well no it's so interesting do you have a minute is it okay if i read it yes i am all ears i I want to apologize everyone else you can just skip you can just skip for two minutes if you want but I just thought if they've got this far then they're in it for the long haul or they've got their podcast on sleep timer and they've fallen asleep okay let me just skim I just think this whole these two pages are fascinating so maybe we'll just yeah we have 20 minutes left so I'm just gonna go for it so this is on this is on page um 40 he talks about the men of peace and they're really talking about the English elf. So I, and I, I was going to do elf a few episodes ago. So I was diving into like, why, where did elf become fairies and basically, and are they different or are they the same? They're actually exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's like the word elf kind of was replaced by the word fairy, I think around okay. 14 or 1500s, but they really are equivalent in my head. I was searching for some big difference or some explanation there really Mm -hmm. is none it was more like a literary change other than anything over anything else oh that's interesting so I just always thought that elf was like a branch of fairies no you know how we've spoken about how like well last week was it last it wasn't last week we had a week off selkies were actually fairies so in in Scotland fairy is an all-encompassing word not just for slightly humanoid creatures but also for things that aren't like that at all that are actual almost more like a zoomorphic you know an an animal type creature Mm -hmm. and I thought that elves were like a branch of the fairy family so yeah I think they're one and the same it was just somewhere along the lines the language used to describe the race just simply changed like changed mm-hmm. over but that was really helpful because I kept thinking that they were totally different entities mm-hmm. so <clears throat> um so he I he basically is describing the race of fairies um oh god I'm just all right I'm just gonna go for it go for it, it. Just Come on. it. I all hear. right so the elves or the fairies have children of their own and require the services of midwives like the human race. Howdies, as they are called, taken in the way of their profession to the fairy dwelling, found on coming out that the time they had stayed was incredibly longer or shorter than they had imagined, and none of them was ever the better was better ultimately of her adventure. Blah blah blah. So they're just saying they're I'm just introducing you to the whole theory of like offspring of mm-hmm. the fairies. Um, elves have two ideas. 
All right, I'm going to skip to this. Uh, mortals should have nothing to do with any of the race, meaning they should have nothing to do with fairies, nothing to do with elves. No good comes out of the unnatural connection. However, enchanting at first, the end is disaster and death. When therefore the fairy is first met, it is recommended by the prudent to pass by without noticing. <laughs> so like ignore one it if you see one. Yes. Or if obliged or incautious enough to speak and pressed to make an appointment to give fair words saying, if I promise that I will fulfill it, will sufficiently near houses to attract the attention of the dogs. They immediately give chase and the fairy flies away. So they're like, arouse attention, make sure, you know, get your dogs out and come and chase them away. Like don't have anything to do with these fairies because that the, the marriage, the union between the two races is not good. The elven youth is very salacious about his offspring when his mortal mistress bears him children. Okay. And the love that women have to him as their lover or familiar spirit, the Leanna, she is unnaturally passionate. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with unnatural passion (laughs) right (laughs) sounds quite interesting to me i know but then it says the elven mistress is not always so secure of the affections of her human lover so she's like a little jealous because she's afraid he may get tired of her and leave her on meeting her one rule for men and another for women even in kind of pisses me off i know it's so annoying and actually not only that but the women seem to get a raw deal that's like saying oh like the the male fairies will have all these women fawning over them and like super in love and they're so attractive and and then the female fairies have a hard time keeping their man well except that they fool them because they have magical powers and they do that because he is actually put under spells to keep appointments with her in the future every single night. So, right? Excuse me. Appointment. Are you ready for our appointment? <laughs> uh, Sean, are we having an appointment tonight? <laughs> I think you need to I think you need to reintroduce that. That's a perfect right? phrase. I love it. I know. And then it <laughs> says if he dares for one night to neglect his appointment, she gives him such a sound thrashing the first time she gets hold of him that he never neglects it again. Oh my goodness. Right? So she's oh like, my goodness. You will love me, or I'm gonna kick the shit out of you emotionally and or physically. That's how I'm reading that sentence. How about I know, you? You had better keep your appointment, right? mister. <laughs> yep. <laughs> While he remains faithful to her, she assists him at his trade as farmer, shepherd, etc., makes him presents of clothes, tells him when he is to die and eat because she has magic powers, and even when he is to leave her and get married. So she must know everything, like, because she is fae and can bestow him Mm -hmm. these gifts of knowledge. She gives, um, it says she gives cyan a magic belt or other charm to protect him in danger if offended however her lover is in danger of his life the children of these alliances are said to be the eurisks that sounds like such a unhealthy relationship right 
she's like cracking the whip. I actually know. But she's also people. kind of keeping him yeah. against his will. Oh, yeah. Of course she is. Yes. So they're like a, the Urix or the offspring of this like weird relationship. That's what I mean. Like this to me is the yeah, juicy like stuff. This weirdly is like codependent. Oh. Yeah. Kind of like a little bit so nasty and you know isn't that so fascinating and this is so funny so you know I was watching his video listening to that podcast but and they both mentioned like oh these are the natural offspring of this union and then this and then I was looking and you know they mentioned the Leon and she and then I was like what is that right it's like what is that mm-hmm. and that's where I found all this stuff I'm like this is the juicy stuff this is like that is totally the juicy stuff. like soap opera shit right here like I want to know more and this is also where I, this last paragraph is the best it says those who have taken elven women for wives have found a sad termination <laughs> to their mesalliance i don't actually know what that word means is that like a bad union what does that mean i think it can mean whatever you want it to mean what now because i bet nobody else knows what it means i gotta look it up i should have done this last night what does mesalliance mean oh i spelled it wrong damn it are you look that up while I read this? No, I'm just kidding. I'll look it up afterwards. I think it's like their union. The defect or peculiarity of the fair enchantress, which her lover at first had treated as of no consequence, proves his ruin. Her veracity thins his herds. He gets tired of her or angry with her and in an unguarded moment reproaches her with her origin. So she's like, you're just a fairy. She then disappears, taking taking with her the children and the fortune she brought him. The gorgeous palace, fit for the entertainment of kings, vanishes, and he finds himself again in his old black, wait for it, dilapidated hut with a pool of rain drippings from the roof in the middle of the floor. (laughs) (laughs) It's not so good. I was like, oh, snap. Say goodbye to your palace. And I'm taking everything with yes, me. I'm taking our half goat baby. You better not leave me because if you leave me, you're going to be left in a shithole of a house. I love that they describe the rain dripping through the thing. It's so awesome. Oh, Karen. Yes. Mesalliance is a marriage with a person of inferior social position. Boom. So that would be the human father. We are a very highly educational podcast. We really are. So I do. I just Googled that just now. (laughs) That's okay. That's how we all know things. So to me, that's the most interesting part of the whole Eurus story is the Eurus backstory and where it came from. I wonder they're kind of messed up because that is a messed up. That is a messed up partnership that they are he's basically he's a child of divorce that's what that is Mm -hmm. he's a he's a child of divorce from two parents who clearly hated each other yeah as well or the the mother is really Mm, she's got some issues she's got some issues this is a sidestep but if you haven't listened to it yet you need to listen to the podcast Bad Bad Thing. It is so good. This is this reminded me of it. It's only six episodes or seven, maybe. And it's a true story. And it is based on this woman who 
and this isn't a spoiler because it you, you're it told it right um, at the beginning. What's it called? Bad, bad thing. Bad, bad thing. I'm writing it, it ab- under ghosts on my hand. Bad, bad things. Okay. And it is about this this woman who um she found out that her husband was having an affair, but the husband plays with her. Like he's like, oh. I I I love this new woman. I'm not sure if I want to leave you yet. So I'm going to kind of keep both of you dangling. She starts recording everything he does. Mm. She puts GPS trackers on his car. She records all these super emotionally disturbing, manipulative messages on her phone. On, and she, on, they play it all on the podcast. They play oh, it all on the podcast. And then amazing. she shoots the woman what and then shoots herself whoa that's not amazing that's horrible. and that's not a spoiler because that is the whole thing the podcast is all about they tell you that at the beginning got it because it's a case that's known got it and, and then, then they, they play all of these yeah. um like voice memos that she leaves on her phone and wow. stuff like leading up to the incident wow. and they they analyze it and it, this mm. just reminded me of that because it's like that was a fucking unhealthy relationship i know she was bribing her husband to stay with her he was not making his mind up about whether he wanted her or his new woman she should have just turned around and said do you know what this isn't working for me i'm making my mind up for you see you later I'm away. But well, instead, they just self-destructed. They really do. Well, she's insecure. She's like, no, every night you have to be with me. And that's no. why he also says like that they're unnaturally passionate. Like but I you love how he says someone, that. You don't keep a relationship with someone by and this jealous. Is me talking about being the relationship expert that I am. <laughs> um, by being jealous and bribing them and manipulating them. Well, I mean, he says point blank on page 41, mortals should have nothing to do with any of the race. No good comes out of the unnatural connection. I mean, he says it right here. It's, it's not our fault if people just don't heed his wise if they're, warning. If they're swept away with the yes. beautiful good looks. Yes. And- so you have been warned. You are a man don't, listening to this. Don't you especially don't go into that fairy ring. Yeah, they will rope you in. So, yeah, that's that's my conclusion of the Eura story, which um, I thought that last nugget, thanks to my this is what this is the reward we get for spending yeah. all our money on first sources on Amazon, because had I not gone that I never would have gotten there. So what a fascinating story. There, yeah. There's like, a lot I, of layers. You know, I you know how throughout a story you can change your point of view and your perception so you started off telling me about them and my first reaction was oh right they're they're nice little creatures yeah nice little lonely creatures and then I was like oh they're just lonely and they just want somebody to love them and humans are buggers for being horrible and then it turned they were assholes turned uh, turned a 180 or 360 or whatever it is and I was like oh they're really annoying super annoying wonder the humans are horrible right and then it went even further (laughs) then we went back around yep they're they're messed up from birth they have a reason for being because they've got horrible mothers they have a horrible parent their parent yeah I mean they have very bad role models 
I know. So could you expect them to be any other way, really? They obviously didn't get the therapy no they needed. They really don't have early intervention. Have good, good no. early intervention in the 1500s. No. Only they knew what a good therapist could do. You think they had therapists back then? Do you think those no. were like the witches? No. No, I think they most definitely Literally. did not have Get back to work. Back <laughs> Shut it. Get me my mead. <laughs> Keep churning the butter. Your whole life was just making food. I think that oh, was, your it was whole miserable. life. It was just and, like and, sustaining and life. Cleaning, yeah. washing, cooking. I don't think they were like even some cleaning. They didn't have like, you know, the resources. I guess if you lived near like water, you could clean. But maybe well, yeah, but I guess so there's just, a lot of water in Scotland. It, so they actually you, was probably you never complain, a problem. You complain that you've got to do laundry. I know I do. Which involves picking up smelly teenage boys' clothes a, and putting okay. in a machine and switching on. Okay, Can you but in my defense. Laundry? I have three boys, so it oh, is bad. So smelly, it's really bad. But can you imagine doing it in the 1500s? No. You have to go and fetch the water from the well. Yeah. You have to heat the water up by lighting a it? fire. Do you think they heated it? Do you think they heated it? I don't think they did. I think they they brought the wash to. I think they brought the wash. They brought the clothes to the water source. That's why like all the movement washer at the Fords, they, they didn't. Well, I don't think they knew to heat the water then. I came later. Maybe. I, I think don't they, know. I think they brought the, the laundry to the shore and they washed them directly in, in the streams and in the, in the rivers. I just know that when I, um, when I lived in my, my bus in Spain mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had no washing machine, it was like a whole day thing. Oh yeah, I did it's laundry. Like, go go and get yes. water from the river. Oh yeah, heat no. it up on an open fire, which I've had to light and stoke myself. Yep, put the clothes in the water, jingle them about myself. Yep, scrub them myself. Oh, I know. Rinse them. It was like when a I, whole day thing. I know. I was when I was backpacking in Africa. Was we there for three months, and there was no. There was nothing. So we used to bring our wash to to the lake, which was filled with hippo shit, like four feet uh, of hippo shit. So I'm like, wait, I'm sorry. How clean are these clothes? <laughs> we're like laden with hippo shit. So that was when we were in the lakes when we were uh, when there was like a salt, like like a brackish the Lake Turkana, which is in northern Kenya, which is enormous lake, we would bring our wash there and wash it. And then there was crocodiles. So before you started washing, you had to chuck rocks into the water, the shallow end to actually scare the crocodiles away. So you wouldn't get eaten while you were washing your clothes. That's terrifying. In brackish water. I know. Can you imagine if you'd come across a Kelpie and a Eurisk? Right. And I know. And a Ben Mia oh, all at the same time. That would be terror. She's the one I'm most afraid of with her. I think if boots. I had all of those things to contend with on top of the laundry, all the other things to contend with. Plus with the laundry, laundry itself is a nightmare. I would have just gone in, in dirt, dirty clothes for yeah. a very long. I, I would have th- just suffered dirty clothes for a very long time. I think that's actually what people did. They yeah. probably only had like two shirts. It was like the one they're wearing or the one they're washing. And that was like very it. stinky. Yes. Thank goodness. It's 2021. And I have a washing machine. Actually, that reminds me. I actually have to switch my wash over. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's my mom duties never end. <laughs> well, I think that's a wrap. I think we had to wrap it. That was so good, Karen. Oh, I learned I'm... so much though, because I hadn't known anything about them. I'm glad you enjoyed and it. And even though they're supposed to be nice, I kind of don't issues. like them. They kind of have issues. They're a little yeah. scary. They're a little scary. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And people were, they were scared of them for good reason. I'd but... rather the monster that was an obvious, mm. downright obvious nasty That's monster than the monster that started off being just yeah. over emotional and needy. They're a little bitter too. So yeah, yeah I agree. Well, yeah, that's your that's your weekly dose. We'll try to be regular with our schedule, but life sometimes gets in the way. So bear with us and we'll be back as soon as we can. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you. All right. Bye. If you'd like to join in some of the fairy fun and antics, come and find us on Instagram. We're called Owen Scott One Not over there as well. And if you have a friend that's partial to the fae, or maybe they're even a secret selkie, then please share this podcast with them. For more information on our fantasy-themed notebooks and journals, uncut and unedited YouTube videos, and to share with us your own scary or folklore-related stories, and also for more information on our Celtic Collective art program, you can find all that information and more over at our website, onescottonenot.com.